0: The future of project management is changing fast. On Projectified with PMI, we'll help you stay ahead of the trends as we talk about what that means for the industry
1: and for everyone involved. I'm Stephen W. May for Projectified with PMI. For an easy way to stay up to date on Projectified with PMI, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and PMI.org slash podcasts. In this episode, we discuss creativity with best-selling author, sought-after speaker, and former Microsoft Project Manager, Scott Birkin. Scott explains creativity's often misunderstood and neglected role in project work, how to foster and apply creativity in process-oriented environments today, and why it will become even more important to your work tomorrow. Scott, you've shared some fascinating things in your books and in your talks, and When you came on my radar, I was looking forward to the opportunity to talking with you. So thanks for being here today.
0: Well, it's a pleasure. Looking forward to chatting with you.
1: You know, I want to get to the really important stuff first, which is that, you know, I've seen a lot of pictures of you online and... There's the, the shaved head Scott and the, the, uh, the not-quite-shaved head Scott, the goatee Scott, the bearded Scott, and the three-day shadow Scott. So what, what's the deal with the hair?
0: I suppose the deal is that I am old. So you see, you see many different flavors of haircuts over the 15 years or so that I've been up in front of people trying to convince them of things.
1: Okay. Okay. So it's not, it's not an obsessive need to change it. It's just that you have a sort of longer online presence than maybe most of us do. I
0: think that's, that's pretty much the, you know, Occam's razor. I'm a fan of Occam's razor. That's probably the best answer to that question.
1: Okay. Okay. We'll take that for now. Well, you know, we know that the majority of people that, um, that listen to this podcast have some kind of a project oriented role. They may be senior executives that are leading a large initiative, they may be involved in a PMO, It uh, could be a person who's fairly young in her career and leading her first project, for example. But there's a project theme, you know, to, uh, to the folks that listen. One of the things that I believe to be true is that project management and project leadership and all the pieces that get wrapped up into that benefit greatly from creativity, and I mean that as in creativity provided and, and applied across a broad range of project tasks. With that being the case, I want to make sure that before we get into places of application and benefit and all of those things, why don't you provide for me your definition for creativity?
0: I, well, I, I usually start off when I'm asked that question of explaining what it, what it doesn't mean or more precisely the way it gets misused that... In American culture and Western culture we have a very romantic idea of this of this word we we think of people who are gifted or talented renaissance artists and, and geniuses we think of them as being creative that it's some kind of special magical thing that's distinct from other kinds of thinking and that's that's a dangerous framework to start from so I try to help people out of that by just thinking about the fact that any kind of work that you're doing, especially project work, the goal is to make something. That is what you're hired to do as a project manager, as a project coordinator. Something is being made or maintained, hopefully with the idea of improving it. So you are creating something. You are, you are ma- you're manufacturing or building something. And that's a much better way to think about the word. Someone who's working on version 25 of some COBOL-based accounting package, they're still creative. They're still creating something. And then you can go down the path of, okay, if that's all that's required to be a creator, then what does it mean to make and create stuff that is good? Now we're on the track of, okay, how do you find good ideas? How do you find useful things? And that's a much stronger and healthier way to think about the word than the way it's often used in more romantic circles, which is that it's purely about novelty. That when someone in a meeting raises their hand and suggests an idea that no one has ever heard before, the primary emotional and dopamine response in the brain that makes us attracted to that is simply because it's new. But novelty doesn't necessarily mean quality. Novelty is just some notion that we have culturally that something is new should be interesting, and that can be dangerous and destructive. So, I try to offer a very humble view of the word. If you are making something and your goal is to make something good, and you succeed at that, then you are you are creating things. You are acting creatively.
1: Okay. So that so so first of all, dispelling the idea that uh, romanticizing creativity somehow helps helps the process or helps us appreciate it and turning it much more to this notion of making something. I like that. I want to connect something back to your own history and I think you can you can then help us is that I do happen to know that unlike many of our guests, you actually do have some project management in your history. Is that overstating it? No, that's totally true.
0: My my first career after graduating after graduating from college, I worked at Microsoft, for the most part, as a project manager, as a team team leader of developers and designers. I worked on Internet Explorer in the early days. I worked on Windows and a few other teams before I left in 2003. And the first book that I published was a book called Making Things Happen, which is basically trying to encapsulate everything I had learned in 10 years of working on big and small and expensive and cheap projects, uh, all the things I wish yeah. that I had learned. So, Yes.
1: Now, Microsoft, that's a software company, I assume?
0: <laughs> yes, uh, that, that's at least what they
1: claim to be, yes. All right. So connecting back to that, when you reflect back on your experiences as a project manager, where is creativity relevant? And I'm using, of course, the definition that you provided a moment ago, uh, the way you described creati- creativity and the way you think about it. Where is that relevant to the work of a project manager?
0: the easiest place to start is when you're working on a project that has the goal of trying to improve things dramatically. If you're working on a project where the, the the vision is to make customer satisfaction 30% higher, then you're going to be forced to come up with unusual or uncommon approaches that haven't been done before in order to achieve that. You're going to be pushing harder on what set of ideas is going to be in your toolkit. And so, um, That's obvious. If your goal is a project manager, even if you are the most conservative, bureaucratic, process-oriented project manager that you love checklists and you love Gantt charts and you love metrics for everything. If your goal is to make things 30% better or 50% better in some way, you're going to be forced to be creative and to force to find solutions and study the history of the problem you're trying to solve, to find approaches that had been abandoned or forgotten. You're going to be pushed to go harder. And um, I I think creativity then the sense of projects falls out of the charter for the project and what the vision that the the boss or the executive has for what the product or the thing you're making is supposed to be.
1: So that, to me, reminds me of something you have described, again, in other places, which is the importance of defining good and who gets to decide the definition of good. So say, say more about that and the role of the project manager when we think about, Uh, her role showing up every day in a place where she may not have defined the project, she may not have set the objectives for the project, but she shows up to lead and manage it every day. Connect that with this idea of defining good.
0: It seems like a simple question. What is good? But when you sit down with a coworker or a developer or a client or your boss and (laughs) <laughs> and you get into the details of things, you realize there are some very different ideas of what is good or not. And arguably what a leader does, a project leader or any kind of leader does, every time they're in a meeting, every time they're in a conversation, is they are either fighting for or they are defending some notion they have of what is good enough for the project. So this becomes actually a pivotal thing, a, a, a pivotal question to, to answer. It, it, you, could, you could say that you could do everything right, but if the team doesn't succeed... It's because they didn't make good enough decisions, or they didn't manage the project good enough, or they didn't cu- they didn't spend the time to investigate enough good ideas to, to succeed. So I can't think of a more important question for a, someone who's working project management to be good at answering. Sometimes you're in an argument with important people in a room, and you realize as the project manager, this is a waste of time, because any of the ideas being discussed are good enough. So why are we spending two hours arguing about this? A project manager that ends that conversation and says, look, uh, you pick this one and, F- and Sally will pick the next one, that they're helping the project by simply deciding the decision is good enough no matter which end of it it is. And the same thing is true on the other end of it. If if uh, everyone in the room is in, has h- strong consensus to go in one direction, but the project manager thinks, this is terrible. This is so far below the expectations we've set with our client and customer. And they, they do the 12 angry men thing where they're going to Change the position of everyone in the room. That's also fighting for what is good. So, I think that's a great a great question to ask. It's actually a chapter in the book about what is good in the book, The Dance of the Possible, which is my the book my most recent book about creative thinking. Because I think no matter how creative you are or not, someone has the power to decide is this good enough or not good enough, and that will determine what create what creative means or what approaches are you should take in order to to live up to that standard.
1: Yeah. I think that's I think that's brilliant. And I think both in terms of the importance of defining what good means and when is good enough, but being really, really clear on who gets to decide.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes that's more important than uh what they decide or not. It's just uh Having everyone when they walk into a contentious meeting to know at the end of the meeting who the tiebreaker is, who has that kind of authority to just decide, regardless of what opinions have been heard in the room. That clarification of who has that authority is one of the key things that uh, a good manager or leader does, regardless of the context, creative or even just an engineering question or quality assurance question, that everyone knows who's going to make the call.
1: Yeah. So to make another connection, we have been talking to experts in artificial intelligence, automation, machine learning, robotics, digitization, and we will continue to in in the pursuit of the goals of this show. When you think about a future that is increasingly more automated, increasingly more influenced by artificial intelligence, increasingly more digitized, what's the role of creativity in that future?
0: Well, First of all, I'm a tech skeptic. (laughs) I've written a lot of books about innovation and how progress happens. And I'm, I'm proud of all the technological achievements we have made in the world. But at the same time, I'm very dubious about our ability to predict, A, what progress will happen and B, what its impact will be. I know that in the case of AI, every time I use autocomplete, on my iPhone in a text message. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm really dubious about <laughs> I'm taking over the AI, taking over the world. I think that you should look at these cases where you even have controlled systems, which AI is supposed to be great at. Language is a controlled system, typed language, especially. And we have. The premier companies in the world with billion dollar valuations still failing to make these things work at a reliable level that isn't annoying almost as much time as it works. So, um, but, but let's, I'll run with a hypothetical though. So, let's assume that, that AI does continue to progress, it does get, get smarter and smarter. I think that one of the key things that anyone working in AI will tell you about the limitations of the kind of AI work that's done is the nuance of human relationships. This is not something that is easy to understand. This is not something that is programmatic. There's so much nuance to body language and facial expression and understanding different cultural contexts that I have to think is gonna is will be the last thing if that any kind of super intelligent AI could even figure out. Uh, so what does that mean? It means that, um, and I'm not even getting to the point about creativity yet. I think that the role that project managers play of being this. Com- this c- combination of intuition about human relationships and forming connections and making good decisions and leadership it's this skill set that I think we very very hard to replicate or to um, to eliminate. Creativity falls in the same way because to be creative in a useful way means not only are you capable of coming up with good ideas but you're able to do it in a way that solves problems and you're able to do it in a way that convinces people of their merit. And that requires persuasion skills and knowing a lot about the people that you're talking to and having having a sense of humor and having using different elements of human expression in order to convince people that something is worth following. And all of those things, I think, on the spectrum of what AI and technology are likely to take away from possible jobs for people, I think are on the far end of that spectrum. So I feel like as a writer... Uh, as a speaker or even as a project manager, uh, all three of those jobs are relatively safe from the oncoming threat of uh, automation.
1: interesting so the the human factor continues to uh, to to carry the day for the foresee- for the foreseeable future in uh, in your perspective.
0: I think so. I think um, the 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 at greatest risk are people whose job, is defined by a process that if my job is to follow a checklist or my job is to do these 10 steps every day, you're already doing something that's highly automated. It's just that you're the one who's following the steps. And those are the the roles and jobs that are the easiest to automate, the easiest to develop a programmatic way to replace or to um, reduce the need for human interaction um, so that's on the other end of the spectrum is things that don't really re- require any nuance. They don't require any, any empathy or able to read someone's, um, what they're you know, reading between the lines of what someone says. Um, so that, that, that's the opposite end of the spectrum, I think.
1: Yeah. So I think you're making a case that creativity continue, continues to be relevant into a, a more automated future, uh, automated to some degree or another, and hearing your message about uh, you being a technology skeptic, which is funny, kind of coming out of a Microsoft <laughs> past. That's okay, I suppose. Um, I think there must be a painful Microsoft story back there somewhere that we'll have to hear from you on another show. But anyway, I, 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 I was gonna make no, a joke. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say <laughs> that anyone,
0: you know, there's lots of people who hate Microsoft products. So becoming a technical skeptic, if your Microsoft is your only example, I think this is understandable for a lot of people <laughs> listening to this podcast. So. <laughs>
1: Um, The opinions expressed by the guest of our podcast are not necessarily those of the management or or the guest or the the host, for that matter. Okay, so you've made the point, though, about creativity continuing to be relevant uh, in an increasingly automated future to some degree or another. Um, I think you were making a point, too, about this kind of creative human element that is embedded in so many of the activities that make project successful. So we'll take that as, uh, as given as well. But what starts to change in your thinking? What if we look out across the next few years, the next uh, decade, what starts to shift in terms of the kinds of skills and ways of thinking that project managers need to be cultivating, so they can better bring creativity to the job And, and even to better bring creativity to the job today?
0: My first answer was gonna be it depends on the kind of projects that you're doing. But then I realized that doesn't sure. that's why that's why not that's always been true. That even forty years ago, we like to think that the pace of technological change has gotten so fast now that everything happens so much faster than it did in the past. Even forty years ago, you had projects, some engineering projects and some organizations that were five year plans and other smaller projects that were two months long. I think there's always been a tremendous spectrum and there still is. Uh, there's this wave, this, this ongoing wave of the web speeding everything up. Projects are now, you know, week at a time, agile, people using Kanban boards to track things over week to week. And sure, there's different skills that you need or different a different attitude or psychology you need to manage short, faster schedules versus long marathon projects. But in all, all projects in all shape, size, form, and budget, there's still this need to have good ideas for every part of the process there's yeah, some decision yeah. that needs to be made about okay we have the we have the requirements document but now how are we going to design something that fulfills these requirements what are the best 5 alternative you know con- concept sketches we can make for how this thing is going to work what are the best 10 concepts we should consider there's some point in the process where idea generation is the the central thing that has to happen and It's often a stereotype of project managers that they're terrible at those processes because they work against the stereotype. The stereotype being that project management is a command and control process that you're always looking to optimize, you're looking to be efficient. And idea generation is never efficient. Idea generation is always, by definition, an exploratory process. A lot of the time you spend vetting and considering and looking for different ideas is going to be, quote unquote, thrown away. You're only going to use one design for the homepage of the website, even though you may consider five or 10 or 15 different versions. So that's the that's the skill set where finding a project manager that knows how to switch gears That knows that when they're doing an idea generation, when the goal of a part of the process of this part of the schedule, the idea generation, they have to wear a different hat and they have to be less concerned about efficiency and less concerned about logic and be more open to exploring things and to trying things out. And my favorite word, which is probably a word i like much more than creativity is to realize that they need to experiment that in order to come up with an mm, answer to this question yeah. to find a good idea we may have to do like three little mini projects where we try something out we show it to a customer watch them try to use it learn something from it get some usability feedback and try again we have to build that into the schedule to get an idea that's good enough to meet the vision for the project and that's a skill set that i know many project managers who have that that ha- it's part of their toolkit and then I know a lot of project project managers that are terrible at open-ended steps, open-ended phases. They're terrible at it. And so when I worked at Microsoft, I was always – we tended to have two types of project managers. Those that were better at sort of shipping projects and getting them finished and out the door and those who were better at starting them. And exploring, and once the project got to a certain phase, a certain point of development, it really needed to be led almost by someone else, or someone else on the team who had more of a strength in driving the project home needed to have more of a leadership role than they did at the beginning
1: interesting you know i'm I'm wondering if some are listening to us and saying, "Yeah, but, yeah, but how often?" And in how many different parts of this job do I really need to apply creativity? And I was thinking about a list I came across recently um, from uh, Marjorie Pilly, who writes about and consults in the area of project management, and just some of the examples of some of the places that she said in a blog post, she said, look, these are places in the project management world where you really need to apply creativity, And she said, identifying the problem, developing a goal or objective, gaining support of sponsors and stakeholders, developing a detailed plan, assessing risks, securing resources, assembling a project team, and and on. She continued. So I think there are, but I'm hearing it both in the examples you're giving and then others that, that others have brought forward. I think there really are a lot of opportunities in that process of managing and leading the modern project that would greatly benefit from uh, from a greater application of of real creativity, real idea, real idea generation. I, I
0: completely agree. I think uh, this is where another place where the language becomes a stumbling block. That take forget the word creativity. Let's just use the f- the phrase problem solving. I mean, like, PMs are proud. I'm a problem solver. I'm like, uh, uh, I'm like, you know, the wolf from uh, Pulp Fiction. I'm the person who comes in and like figures everything out and and makes everything work right. Well, you're solving problems. How do you do that? Well, a problem solver identifies the problem, defines it, comes up with some alternatives for how to fix it, and then goes and does it. That's a creative process. I mean, you might not call it that because your goal is not to have the most amazing idea, but in going through the process of solving a problem, you and your brain at a minimum are coming up with possible alternatives. You're considering ones that might work, that you're proposing them, then you're making them happen. That is an idea generation process. Uh, Problem solving cannot happen without someone doing some amount of thinking. And the difference between creative thinking and thinking becomes very, very small once once you're actually doing work. And that's part of why the romantic notion of the word is is so bothersome to me, that when someone says, I got I to think about this. Uh, and then you ask him are you being creative I'm like no I'm just thinking well if you're thinking you're being creative you're you're coming up with ways to solve the problem in your mind you're considering them you're vetting them and you're 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 picking ones that work well and you'll you'll, you'll run with them further and you'll abandon ones that you don't think have as much um have as much value so when you use those terms those are problem solving is a much easier term for uh you know button down bureaucratic oriented people to swallow as yeah. um as uh, worthy of time. Uh, creativity is too often dismissed as, as uh, you know, um, I don't know, um, unnecessary or buoyant right. right. or...
1: Well, uh, well, problem solving sounds like a worthy business activity and creativity can sound like beanbags and lava lamps,
0: right? But when you sit down and say, "Okay, I'm going to sit in this room for an hour and problem solve with my team," versus uh, saying, "I'm going to sit down in my room and and, and be cre- and do creative thinking with my hour for with with my team for an hour," what you're doing in the room for an hour is pretty much the same. It's just problem solving is you're honoring the idea of it being more directed at actually solving a problem, which I think is totally worth. Which, I don't think anyone in the world who is a proponent of creativity and writes books on creativity than I do says, would suggest, Oh yeah, the goal is not to solve problems at all. Like be, be yeah. creative, but, uh, you know, create problems like that's, it's sort of this, um, you know, it's a non-starter. Um, but, uh, anyway, problem solving is often the language I use when yeah, I'm trying yeah. to talk to entrenched teams that are a little bit more recalcitrant about, about how to be better at solving problems. Uh, I'll stick with the problem- solving vocabulary.
1: Yeah, yeah, so so as we, when we think about project professionals of, of all stripes, as we talked about before, adding to their technical proficiency some of the skills and ways of thinking that are going to best serve them both in the future and today, and in bringing a greater sense of creativity to their work. I know you talked about flexibility, you talked about experimentation, and now you've talked about this idea of problem solving. I think those are powerful messages. thanks. I I agree. (laughs) (laughs) If you had said it's as if you had said them yourself. (laughs) Well, after a valuable and thought provoking exchange on creativity and project management, we realized there was a lot more to explore on the subject. So we'll follow up with Scott Birkin in a future episode for now. Thanks for listening for an easy way to stay up to date on projectified with PMI. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google play music, and pmi.org slash podcast.